when they leave their office, what do most workers, what do most American workers feel when they leave their office? They're reflecting on what didn't get done. They walk out feeling overwhelmed, unaccomplished, like they failed, like they weren't good enough or fast enough or productive enough. And it doesn't matter what they had accomplished because all they did is look at the things they didn't accomplish. So where's the rub there? that damn brain again. That practice, the practice of preparing for your day wasn't preparing them for their day at all. It was draining them of the success they could feel about today. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time, and get better results through high-performance habits, the Multiply Me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real, simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Today, we're talking about the curse of the high performer. Oh, yes, it isn't all rainbows and cupcakes. If you are a high performer, there's a good chance that you struggle with this. We're about to get into it right now. First, I feel like I should warn you, though, I am podcasting with kids in the background and they're watching Hotel Transylvania. So I'm hoping you don't hear any drack. Now your ear is going to be listening for it. But here's why I share that. Because the other day someone asked me, and I've been asked this many of times, is, how I get it all done. How do I run a consulting business? How do I run a podcast? How do I run masterminds? We're relaunching our YouTube channel, all the things, all the things, and still have two younger kids at home. When do I podcast? Whenever I can. So the interviews are obviously scheduled. That's all pre-ranged. These solos, you and me just talking, well, that just comes in the spaces between. So what do I mean? It is Thursday at 6.15. I briefly considered starting dinner and then I landed on, no, I'm going to record this podcast. So I need to be more real with you. I need to lift that veil because as my good friend Bobby Jade one time said, are you metahuman? No, 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 I'm not. And if I don't lift the veil, if I don't tell you what it's actually like, then I've set the wrong example. I haven't been real. We've got to be more real about what this actually looks like. So yeah, my kids are watching Hotel Transylvania and my youngest just asked me a question about Roblox, which I could not answer because it's beyond me. So I couldn't answer a question, but I can answer questions about high performance. And that's what we're going to do today. So let's get into it. So if you are a high performer, there's a good chance that you struggle feeling happy or satisfied with your achievements. Even when we hit goals, we already have moved the goalpost past that, right? Like we don't even have to hit the goal. We can just be nearly approaching the goal and we've already pushed it back. The victory bell has not even rang and we are already saying, yeah, but what have you done for me lately? And us high performers, we are the worst at it. But we have got to change that because that leads to a very miserable, unfulfilled high performer. Now, I hear your concern. 
when I say this to high performers, they're like, yeah, we totally do that. Yeah, we move the goalpost. I see a lot of head nods. I've had this conversation with many, many high performers in the past. There's a lot of head nods. Yeah, 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 we do that. And then when I suggest that we change that, I don't know about that. They're a little worried about that. There's concern over that. Well... That's where I get my edge. That's where I get my hunger. I'm never satisfied. And that's how I drive so hard. I get it. I've thought it. I've lived it. I've been there. I'm going to talk to you about that transition. So I hear your concerns. Am I just going to sit around and navel gaze? Am I going to appreciate all the successes and lose my drive? No, no, you're not. I'm going to keep you hungry. I'm going to keep you still pushing for more, but just enjoying it. Because the truth is there is another way. Our first way can keep us completely dissatisfied with our lives. This way is better. Recently, I was introduced to this book called The Gap and the Gain. And I really like Dr. Benjamin Hardy's work. I love Dan Sullivan's work. So I was surprised I hadn't cracked it open yet. Then I did. Oh, man, is it good. And what I saw in there actually echoed some things that I'd seen in my own consulting business time and again. In fact, Dan Sullivan talks about a little social experiment that he did in a room of high performers. And I'd actually done the exact same experiment on several occasions. So let's walk through that. If I ask a room of high performers, people that are by most accounts would be considered by the public to be high performers. They're successful. They've got the things. They've achieved a lot of goals. If I ask them... Who here feels successful? How many people raise their hands? Yeah. Nada, nada, limonada. None. Why don't they feel successful? If other people would see them as successful, why don't they get to enjoy the feeling of success? Because their success is not tied to the things they already have. They will always tie to the things they have not yet attained. The things that are just outside of their reach. Success is just over the hill, over that horizon. As C.S. Lewis once said, it is in the wanting, not in the having. And though he may have meant it for affairs of the heart, it very much applies to performance. I was working with a group of business owners recently. There were two men sitting next to each other. And they were in similar industries. One was doing much, much more business than the other one from a revenue perspective by like a magnitude of probably five. I asked them both if they felt successful. No, neither of them did. I asked them both if they felt like they could perform much better. Yes, they did. They were disappointed that they hadn't performed even better. I asked them if they were happy with the business success they already achieved. No. And what was interesting is that one was doing, from a revenue perspective, remarkably better than the other one. Now, I didn't do this, but if I would have asked the guy with the smaller revenue, well, would you be happy if you had his revenue? I'm sure he would have said yes. Is that right? No. He believed it would have. He believed that if he had the same revenue that the guy sitting next to him had, he would feel successful. He would sit on his hunches and appreciate that success and be so filled up. No, he wouldn't. Maybe a week. I'd give him about a week. And then he would move the goalpost out because that's what we do. Why do we do that? Because it was never tied to business success. It wasn't even tied to a specific goal, though we believe it is. It is tied to the pursuit of the goal. And that's not such a bad thing if it wasn't for the fact that it sucks the joy right out of the process for many of us. If they were to make a minor shift in how they saw it, it would change everything. In fact, I had actually discovered this a while ago in my own practice when it comes to time management and productivity. And I 
kept seeing this problem over and over again with clients and I made this minor change to what my clients were doing for the last 15 minutes of their day and it changed how they experienced their whole evening. I'm actually gonna share what that is. It's it's from my course, Multiply Me. I'm gonna share that insight and then what you can do about it here shortly. But so when I read The Gap of the Gain, I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally the similar thing. This is totally why that minor shift I found years ago worked so well. So if you have not read the book, the gap in the game. Go get it. It has changed many people's lives, their businesses, how they experience their day. The book says that when we are in constant pursuit of the next goal, we aren't appreciating what we've already achieved. We know that's true. We don't even acknowledge it. Like it doesn't even happen. We don't recognize that there was any success at all because we've already moved past it. And this, my friend, leads itself to dissatisfaction. Always chasing, never arriving. One of the ways to address it is to simply review your wins. How far have you come? Not just how far you still have to go. This is living in the game. Hey, Pivoter, I see you taking notes. I see you applying things into your business and life. Great work. But what if you could do it on a Zoom call with me? Well, here is your invite. I am hosting a free live event on Zoom where I get to know you, your challenges, and help you work through them as we accelerate your growth together. This is a free virtual event, and I'd love for you to join. Hop over to pivot-me.com backslash event and save your spot now. We'll keep these small. They will fill up. I'd love for you to be there. Again, it's pivot-me.com backslash event. We'll also put the link in the show notes and I'll see you there. Now, I don't want to tell you too much about this book because you need to read it. In fact, actually, I recommend you get the audio version instead because the two authors talk in between the chapters and it's really good. But let me give you just a few of the details. We must appreciate how far we've come, all the gains so far. This keeps us happy, keeps us fulfilled. But when we live in the gap, we are frustrated, dissatisfied. We are pissed off. In short, we ain't loving our lives because we're chasing some kind of ideal, this ideal perfection. And perfection's an illusion. Perfection is like infinity. You can never reach it, but you can die trying. And chasing that ideal, we never get there. Let me give you an example. So let me give you a real-time example that happened to me just this week. So I was speaking with my fitness coach this morning, Coach Nicole. She's amazing. She asked me about the progress on my goals. Now, she knows if I'm making progress on my goals because she sees every workout. She sees my body stats. She gets my measurements, photos. This woman knows a lot about April Garcia. Yet what's my first response to her? My knee-jerk response? Emphasize on the word jerk. Immediately, I thought, well, I haven't lost the 20 from 2020. That was where I landed. After all the work we've done together, that's the only thing I could focus on. What? Like, come on, April, you speak about this stuff. You know about this stuff. You podcast, you and I talk about this stuff all the time. And yet I too have a little burno inside my head. But you haven't come far enough yet, April. I have a little negative Nelly. You can call him Bruno Silencio Bruno. You can call him a negative Nelly, whatever it is. But I got a little one inside my head that's saying, yeah, yeah, but what have you done for me lately? So that was my knee-jerk reaction. I didn't hit all my goals yet. Then I said, wait a second. I'm back to working out five days a week and I drink this super thick wheatgrass spirulina Vega protein shake every day called the Vega Accelerator. Like it's a shake I gotta chew, but it's healthy. It tastes healthy. And 
all of these other wins. The weight that I'm lifting has gone up. The reps have gone up. The cardio has gone up and, and, and. And I switched myself back into the gain. I remembered, oh yeah, that's right. I did break my ankle just last spring. And yet I'm still doing all this. I started stacking the wins. I remember the moment, the first time I ran again on a treadmill, it was in the physical therapy office after I broke the ankle. I was worried thinking my joints were just gonna nope right out of that run, but they didn't. I did run that day. And then I just kept continuing to stack like, oh, then there was this thing and then there was this thing. I suddenly felt like I had been more successful. And that is not just to placate us. It's not just to go, well, April, you did good enough. It's okay. Go ahead and take a seat. It's to encourage me to keep going, to remind myself where I'm kicking ass and to keep up the hard work, keep getting after it. In the gap, I suffer through the process, but in the gain, man, I can cheer right through it. When we live in the gap, it all changes. So I mentioned earlier that I discovered this even when it comes to productivity and time management. And I talk about it a lot in Multiply Me, but I mean, this is before, before the book, before the book was even published. Here's how it goes. So most people, when they're finishing their workday, so when I'm working with entrepreneurs, executives, oftentimes they are focused on the end of the day, they'll review what didn't get done. Some people are like, well, I want to plan ahead for tomorrow. So I look at my meetings and I look at what's on the docket tomorrow, anything I didn't get done today, I moved to tomorrow's list. Lots of productivity books will tell you to do that. So when people look at all the things that didn't get done in their day, when they look at, oh, I got seven out of the 10 things and those three things didn't get done and I'm gonna have to move them tomorrow and find time in my day. And, oh, I've got that 9 a.m. meeting with Steve. I hate early meetings with Steve. What do you think happens? When they leave their office, what do most workers, what do most American workers feel when they leave their office? They're reflecting on what didn't get done. They walk out feeling overwhelmed, unaccomplished, like they failed, like they weren't good enough or fast enough or productive enough. And it doesn't matter what they had accomplished because all they did is look at the things they didn't accomplish. So where's the rub there? that damn brain again, that practice, the practice of preparing for your day wasn't preparing them for their day at all. It was draining them of the success they could feel about today. Thinking about what you got to do tomorrow just sucks the energy and just pumps in more overwhelm when you're walking out of the office. So the act of reading what didn't get done, moving it tomorrow, reviewing tomorrow's meeting, stop it. Stop rehearsing them. It's sucking the joy out of today's accomplishment. You think about it when you go into your evening. I love when people are like, well, I want to just get a jump on today and I'm going to look at it at night. Yeah, it's great. That makes you really fun to be around at night because you're already thinking about work the next day. Do not let work bleed in that far. I recommend you doing that practice instead at around 3 p.m. I might go into that in more detail, but essentially all the things that you didn't get done, review those all at about 3 p.m. and you can move them all to the next day, move meetings, etc. And then just let that last bit of your day be wrapping some things up. In the last 15 minutes, what really alleviates the overwhelm? Just look at the things you did do. Man, I rocked that 1030 with the sellers. Check. I sent out that Cisco proposal. Check. I negotiated the Miller account. Check. I updated my Asana board and delegated the remaining items to the ops team. I am on fire. Look at me winning. The simple act of looking at what you did get done instead of what you didn't get done made all the difference. This was me using the gap in the game before it even existed. This stuff is really powerful. It is not just feel good. So stepping back from the productivity piece at the end of the day, if we just look at focusing on what did get done, if we compare our progress with where we started instead of where we're headed, 
we appreciate it. Now, I'm not suggesting using this way to placate yourself again. When I first started thinking about this, when I first started reading about this years ago, I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I pushed against it because I was afraid that I would somehow lose my fire and my hustle. But I'd falsely connected those two things. I falsely connected that I had to constantly be hungry, constantly be driving, or else I wouldn't do the massive amounts of things that I do. And I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. And changing this made a huge difference. I actually had a friend, Mark Keen, asked me a couple days ago. He said, do you feel like when you're in corporate America, they made you live in the gap? And I said, no, they didn't make me. I was wired that way. I said, they absolutely reinforced me living in the gap. I used to be in sales. I used to train salespeople. And I mean, that's the phrase, like, what have you done for me lately? I don't care what your sales were last quarter or last year. All I care is what you're selling today. What are you bringing in the door today? What are you hunting and bringing in so we can all eat? That absolutely reinforced that. But it wasn't always the best way to handle it. You ultimately ended up really dissatisfied. There's a space between. There's a space between that I didn't know of back then, but I know now, which is why I want to share it with you. You can still be hard, you know, out there driving hard, but also loving the journey, appreciating it, having fun with it. When you're living in the game, you're happy, fulfilled. All right. So I hope you're convinced that this is the way to go. I hope that you're like, yeah, I'll be a little happier. Yeah. I do the goalposts out the second I get close to it. And maybe there is another way. So I want you to consider an area where you've been living in the gap. So we gave an example of me and fitness. We've given an example of going after revenue goals. But man, you can be in the gap about a lot of things, relationship, your kids, tons of things. You can go into the gap. So I want you to look ahead and where's an area that you find yourself living in the gap? Now, for me, I don't go into the gap on people. I go into the gap on myself. I go into the gap on my performance. So it could be fitness. It could be business. It could, it's, it's never fast enough for me. I don't do it to other people, but many of us do. Like many of us go into the gap on our kids. We're focused on what they're still doing wrong, what they still have to learn. Instead of appreciating how far they come, let me tell you the people in your life will greatly benefit by you leaning into their gains. So in closing, get that book, man. It is transformational. We'll have the link in show notes, but ultimately do the work. Like right now, identify where you've been living in the gap and get yourself into the gain. Start listing your wins, appreciating what's in your rear view mirror is on someone else's bucket list. I'm lifting five days a week again. It was not long ago when my trips were to the PT office, not on a mountain biking trip. Hell, I roller skated with my daughters a couple of days ago and I did boxing with my oldest on Monday. For me, I need to stay in the game. I've got to work to stay in the game. I've been a gap thinker for a long time, but living in the game won't take away my drive. Just makes it more fun. I still put in the reps. I still do the work, but I'm going to love the process even more. And let me ask you, if this episode has impacted you, if it's helped you spot an area you were hanging out in the gap and gave you a roadmap to the gain, do us a favor and share it with somebody. Pivot Me is all about impacting you and impacting someone you know, like massive impact. That's what we're moving for. And we would really appreciate you playing a critical role in that. So this was part one and part two in our winning series will be next Thursday. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. 
Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.